Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Menopause Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Council, your host for this podcast, and we are in the summer season. That's right. I'm taking a little bit of a break over the end of 2022, beginning of 2023 from recording new episodes. But what I thought I'd do, rather than leave you with nothing to listen to over this break, I thought I would share with you some of my favorite episodes from guests that I've had in the past. Now, I realized a few weeks ago that I have recorded over a hundred episodes and in that time I have spoken to some absolutely fantastic women, hearing their stories, learning about what they're, they're doing and just simply having a really great chat with them. So I thought you might enjoy listening to some of them too. And particularly if you're a new listener to the podcast, you probably haven't heard some of these. Now, you will notice that I refer to the podcast as the Wise Women's Conversations podcast, because that's what it used to be called before. But it's the same podcast. All I did was change its name. So please listen to this episode, enjoy it, and let me know what you think. Or why not join me over in the Menopause Conversations Facebook group where we have more conversations and where you'll find more podcast recordings over there to have a listen to as well. So have a great break. I'll be back recording live episodes, new live episodes in 2023. But enjoy some of my favorites in the meantime. Bye for now. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Wise Women Conversations. Now, to this week's episode, and actually really listen to this episode because a lot of the things that we talk about are things that will be happening at the retreat. So I'm speaking to Lisa Fitzpatrick and she is a coach. She's a coach for women. And on this conversation, we we go in all different directions. And when I very first met Lisa, um, what attracted me to her, she was speaking at an event I was at and what she said was, the first question she asked was, hands up if you identify as a witch. And I thought, I really need to speak to this woman. I need to really have a bigger conversation with her because not only do I often identify as a witch, what she had to share on the day, on the stage was unbelievable. So I managed to get her onto the podcast And in this conversation, Lisa shares about um, a time in her life when she was in need and she noticed that there was a lack of wise women around her. She was really missing wise women. She was missing having someone to go to who could actually help, help her. And we talk a lot about the patriarchal society and breaking the rules. So breaking out of the way things have been done for a very long time and the way that we show up um, in in a world which basically says that we have to strive for success all of the time and we have to be on and we have to be go, go, go. And as women, that energetically doesn't work for us to be in that space all the time. We do need to have a space of nurturing, of flow, of ease. And as uh, Lisa continues on with the conversation, she talks about once we step into our in a wise woman, um, that we start to become comfortable with the mystery of life. And before that, quite often, we kind of want to be in control. We want to know exactly what's going to happen. And this is once again, very much masculine energy of being in control. But when we can step into our wisdom, we kind of know that everything is going to be okay. And we're okay with the mystery of what might be. And we start to wake up to trusting our internal guidance system. Now, a very interesting part of the conversation is when Lisa starts to talk about um, what's going on in our world with what we've been having here in Australia with the bushfires. Now we've got a worldwide pandemic going on with coronavirus, but everything that is going on, she talks about women the, the solution to all of what we have going on, you know, and, and a lot of this comes from many centuries of patriarchal rule, that the answer will come with women. It will come with wise women. 
we are the healers and we are the healers of the world as we tap into our feminine energy and not that we dismiss the masculine energy because we still need masculine energy to get things done but when we shift more um, away from the masculine energy and more into our feminine energy and Elisa also talks about the story of the heroine's journey and how it is important for us to take the journey to the dark side, to the underworld. We need to go through pain. We need to go through fear so that we can come out the other side. And unless we can trust that journey, unless we can take that journey into the dark side, into the, you know, the dark, what are they called? The dark uh, uh, night of the soul until we can take that journey we're not going to be able to come out the other side and we just need to trust that if we are in a place of fear if we're in a place of pain if we're in that dark night that nature cycles and when we go into the darkness we will come out into the light we will transition through the darkness into the light and just like nature cycles through all of the different um, seasons of the year we have seasons of life and that from the darkness comes the light and when we're in the light we need to go into the darkness to grow so we talk a lot about that you know this it, this is an absolutely fascinating conversation um, and as I was listening back to it um, just before recording this it, it really did um, speak to me about a lot about what the retreat that um, I mentioned earlier is all about. It is about taking that journey into that dark part and really embracing that part of you that's been in pain, that's been confused, that's been lost, but knowing that when you can process all of that emotions, that on the other side is your wisdom. On the other side is the light. On the other side is the life exactly that you wanted to live. And I really love what Lisa says at the end when I ask her to share her wisdom and her words were, your life matters. You matter. Have a listen to this conversation. It's a long one. Enjoy it. You may need a couple of listens because it's a deep conversation. And let me know what you think about this conversation. I'll be back at the end to have a little bit more of a chat with you. So meet Lisa. Bye for now. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Wise Women's Conversations. And I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you. So Lisa Fitzpatrick, I very first um, came across Lisa at an event that I attended and I've at Faith the Goo Goos, which I've already had her on the podcast. But what I really loved about Lisa is she started her presentation with hands up everybody in the audience who identifies as a witch. So I'm going, <laughs> I'm in the right place. So <laughs> Lisa, conversation to oh, our, our community of witches and probably would-be witches. <laughs> yes, and, and witches in hiding, right? That's right. Those who haven't discovered the, the beauty of being a witch. So <laughs> tell me and share with our audience, who is Lisa and how mm. have you got to be doing what you're doing right now? Mm, mm, yes, yes, yes. Well, I am a woman in transition. I'm a perimenopausal woman who is living in the beautiful Byron Bay Shire. Um, I, I came into sacred women's business coaching work through a very big life um, upheaval and tragedy, I have to say, Angela. Um, I, I found myself standing in a Centrelink queue with um, two little babies, um, a, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And with just my life in in a disaster, basically. And I just remember being in this Centrelink queue thinking, you know, I followed society's rules. So, you know, I followed the patriarchy's rules. I, I went to university like a good girl. I got two university degrees. I, I, I met a partner. We had our babies. I did everything right. And yet something on the inside of me was so completely broken 
and my relationship had broken up and we'd lost our properties because of my divorce. And I'm here as a single mum, thinking there is something fundamentally wrong with the fact that I cannot think of a single woman in my life right now. I'm 30, I was 33 at the time. So this was 2005. There is not a single wise woman in my life right now that I can turn to for counsel. Where, where are our wise women, mm -hmm. you know? And I was a young 33-year-old um, and a, I, I'd done a bit of travelling, but I would say I was naive. And I just remember thinking to myself, you know, if I can get my life on track, then when I'm in my 40s and I've got a bit of life experience and if I get my, if I finally figure out how this works, <laughs> I will become a mentor to younger women because um, society is missing this thing that um, where women at some point become invisible to the value of what they have to offer. And I have to confess, it took us nine years to find stable housing. My sons and I, we were almost homeless several times. Um, we really, really had a tough decade for me to get to the point where I finally felt like my life was together enough for me to start my coaching business. And so um, I guess for me, what really resonates very strongly is the archetypal stories of the heroine's journey mm -hmm. and how this can apply to us when we're in um, what I what I love to call now that I've read a beautiful blog post by my friend Beata Alfoldi, the liminal spaces. So we go through these rites of passage in life. We have these periods where we're in the liminal spaces where everything's maybe a bit chaotic and messy and uncertain. And the thing about the patriarchy is that it loves certainty. It just <laughs> loves to know the 10-year plan. Oh, my God. You know, it loves to control the future. It loves to have the goal setting. It loves to have an external material focus. And for me, the beauty of us as wise women is that we, we, we understand the importance of being comfortable with the mystery itself yeah like so so for me as a 33 year old role to not even have a clue how to navigate my way through life but to realize now at the age of 48 that actually the navigation system that we have available to us is one that is extremely comfortable with the mystery because it actually lives within us inside our own womb space in a sense. It's our internal compass. And the beautiful thing about this is as a, as a matriarchal structure or as a, I can't even call it a structure because that would be making it into mm. a material yes. thing. Yeah. As a matriarchal energy, it's something that every single woman actually has access to. But we're not really taught to understand the value of it's actually only needing to be activated in the here and now and in this moment. So as a woman for us, I feel like um, my whole coaching approach is about the importance of women waking up to the internal guidance system being something within each and every one of us that we can access at any moment in time, even if our life on the outside looks chaotic and we've lost our bearings because our external world right now is in a bit of turmoil, mm. yeah? And it is anyway for humanity, let's face it. Unless we find our centre, our, our planet's in a a lot of trouble right now i'm watching these bushfires and i'm just thinking wow you know the women of the world carry the water we mm. carry it you know right in our womb so i'm so passionate and committed to this idea that as women we can lift the tide we can rise the we can raise the the tides yeah we can raise the tides with our cycles with our with our with our understanding and our connection to nature we can reverse the catastrophe that humanity has imposed on nature through the patriarchy and i'm not saying the patriarchy is wrong because we need it for our structures. It's just that it's become so imbalanced, yeah? That's all, yeah. Sorry, that was a real rant no, then. No, that, no, no, <laughs> I am covered in goosebumps with what you're saying. It's just because it is so true. And it, mm. this, is the, this is the message that we need to get out to women. And mm. I totally agree 
and I've been there too, we've been very much in, I've got to be in control. If I'm not in control, if, I'm, mm. if everything's out of control, mm. you just kind of start spinning. Mm. And, mm. Uh, but it's when you actually just kind of step off that being in control yes, and yes. realise that it all happens. It happens yes. for you. For us, yes. And, <laughs> and it's like just because we can't control it anyway, it's going to happen. But if yes. we just kind of release it mm. and release the need to, mm. to want to control it, mm. it just... Mm. It's honestly so much more, to me, I find it very, very peaceful. Liberating. It, yes. Totally. It's like there's a freedom in not having to be run by, as you said, structure. Yes, we need some structure. Of but course. when we just kind of allow things to flow, they just flow. Yes, yes. It's our programming, isn't it? It's our conditioning. It's our societal and cultural ingrained conditioning that makes a woman feel less than if she has not somehow um, been able to adapt to I, what I feel is a very toxic mainstream or mainframe in in that structure and that certainty yeah absolutely even our medicine you know even even the medicine we bring as women um <laughs> it's also that's another big conversation isn't it i can hear you Yes, yes. Um, the fact that our, our, our spirits, our souls were separated from our physical bodies just to serve the Western medical scientific model is a travesty to a woman's um, innate sense of um, wholeness, wholeness as a woman because if we remove our spiritual faculties, our mental and emotional faculties from the picture of wellness, then and we and we go to the purely rational you know scientific mm. way of thinking and reductionist thinking that our mainstream values so much then as women we are marginalized by that system just by that very um dog, dogma um, dogmatic way of thinking and of we, the, we dismissed and we're dismissed, dismissed, are we? Yes, our emotions are dismissed. We're, we're seen as being hysterical. Um, actually, I, I'm glad you said that too because I, through my, my process of separating from my partner, I entered into an extremely difficult masculine-dominated um, legal space mm -hmm. managing the separation. And it was exactly um, that experience that I had of the legal system as well that there was no consideration given to the emotional well-being of my children or even myself in that process it was a completely um, objective you know yeah. um, world being in, involved in the legal system as well and it was terrible it was terrible it was absolutely horrible <laughs> yeah, and the thing is and, and I know for me and even being a naturopath I realize oh because naturopathy has moved so far towards science mm. we've lost mm. lost the feminine energy because you know yes. we were the witches we yes. were the herbalists we were yes. the medicine women you were. but to be accepted into modern day world we yes. have to have a science base yes otherwise it's not real and because yes. that was something that really wasn't didn't really sit very well with me i mean yes, yes. i did all the biochem and all that of but course. over the years, that's why I've kind of moved to more back to my witchy side. I love it, Angela. <laughs> because, oh, yes. Because it was so masculine. And then yes. the more I've, I'm kind of in this work, yes. I've realised that, you know, most women don't realise is the majority of, well, up until very recently, all medical science, all science research has been done on men. Yes. They don't include women because yes. women have cycles and cycles throw everything out. They don't like Correct. our hormones. They, so everything that's all medicines that are prescribed are prescribed based on men yes. and women have different bodies. Yes. And then when women come back with side effects, they're dismissed saying, well, there's something, there's something wrong with you. The medicine's fine because the research says this is what's happened and Correct. they're not taking it into account. And wow. it's just like, it's amazing when you yes. realize because we don't realize, and it's the same with the legal system. Yes. That's just what we know. Yes. That's all we know. Yes. And you have to be awake to see what is happening. And yes. as I said, even as a naturopath, I now realise 
where we were going down the masculine road and it wasn't something wasn't sitting which is why I kind of moved back and moved more into emotional work and beautiful that but yeah it's like to be accepted in this world today if you're not in the masculine paradigm Mm. you are completely and utterly dismissed no matter where you are whatever you're doing and it's like is it any wonder Mm. women have lost connection to their intuition Mm. to their body Mm. to nature and all we are is trying to be a female version of a male correct correct yes absolutely and it goes the programming goes so deep that we don't even know what we don't know so unpacking this conversation is so vital because there's women out there right now who are going through their perimenopausal journeys and they're in hell you know, they are in hell. They are literally burning up. Mm. But if they only knew that this was the opportunity to actually go into that liminal space of the heroine's journey where we do actually have to enter the underworld to unpack the conditioning that has just been so sub- aversive to a woman's condition and to a woman's well-being then what an amazing opportunity for awakening we have um right now yeah we we and we have two choices don't we we either we either save our planet or we don't (laughs) that's really we we either choose to 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 wake up to the truth that the the women who are in the transition and who will enter into the postmenopausal phase and who do carry um a torch i think for the rest of humanity to move um our planetary shift to a a better place um these are the women that need to actually be braver than they've ever been before because the other part of our conditioning is that once a woman gets past 50 55 she becomes invisible right right. so how can we support our our elders our our women our postmenopausal women our crones to feel that they are so needed by us you know as younger women i i i just i look for them all the time (laughs) and maybe that's where we can all start is looking for that woman who is a decade older than us who is 20 years older than us and seeking her counsel in some way yeah and she's out there because I've got a community of them. I know oh, she's out there. I love it. But yeah. can you just share with our um, audience, because you've mentioned a couple of times, the heroine's journey. Now, mm. I, I, I know the book, so I've read yes. the book. But can you share with the audience what the heroine's journey is all about? Mm, beautiful. Yeah, I, it's my favourite thing to talk about. I, lo- I use it in coaching all the time. So the heroine's journey is a psych- often a cyclic journey for all of us. We hear a call to adventure. We have an understanding deep in our bones that we're here for a reason. Our life has a purpose. And we part of the heroine's journey is refusing that calling because for a lot of us as medicine women, we are frightened to heed the call. Perhaps we have memories in ourselves of being burnt at the stake for being witches. Um, Perhaps we were told that our healing powers were dangerous. Um, So deep, for a lot of women, the the heroine's um, call to adventure is a very frightening one. But um, it it keeps, it persists, it persists, you know, with us until we, we say yes. But when we say yes, we then go into what's known as the trials and tribulations, as well as our our teachers and mentors appearing. So we will often find that mentor or that teacher. I know I did. I found my yoga teacher who became a pivotal part of that um, mid-30s age, you know, where I was lost. And she became a light for me. Um, And we find those mentors, but we also then start to get tested by the universe. And the trials and tribulations show themselves as a measure of our commitment to the path. So many of us, um, you know, will face those trials and tribulations. And there's a bit of a, I think the younger generation have been a bit misled into thinking once we find our life purpose, the red carpet gets rolled out. Everything's easy. You make a million dollars on YouTube and life is really, yeah, great, right? Yeah. Abundant. <laughs> and um, I'm actually of the old school. It's an old fashioned way of thinking where this, um, this idea of the trials and tribulations is literally where the diamonds being forged in the, in the, 
in the fire yeah the there's a there's a there's a there's a very hard press upon us through, as we enter through the birth canal of our of our of our awakening to our potential and that's when we do have to actually take some steps into what they call journey to the underworld and that's where we might lose our bearings completely for a little while and we actually have to understand that grieving the loss of the old life the fact that perhaps once we were conditioned and we were ignorant enough to fit into that conditioning and we believed our, our family codes of honour that said be a good girl, go to university, do the things that society tells you to do. We believed that and we believed that and then we have to grieve the fact that there's a very real um, process for women that is about refusing the patriarchy. And, and again, this is not being anti-patriarchy. This is about saying we were sold the lie that if we, uh, if we waited long enough and we were good enough girls, then the knight in shining armour would save us and we would live happily ever after. And that's one of the biggest myths for a powerful medicine woman or a woman with a, with a purpose that she's somehow going to be saved by the night. The night's not coming <laughs> and it's a good thing. It's a really good thing, right? Because it means we can stand as equals with our men and we can actually respect each other. Hopefully if we meet the right men. Yeah. Um, and hopefully if we are, conscious enough females that we don't actually make the men of the world feel so unsafe that they will violate the feminine because of their unsafety. So this is where we as women have to take full responsibility for the fact that when we journey into the underworld, we become incredibly powerful with our intuition. We start to literally be able to turn our internal faculties on to see things beyond this earthly plane yeah and i think when we become that powerful um any man that's a little bit um shaky in his own toxic mainframe will it will, will engage in a power struggle so i believe that's why we're seeing so much domestic violence as well across our planet because there's something happening right now for men that, that we as women need to take responsibility for as well, which is to actually disengage from what I call a false power struggle. Because this is not about who's going to, you know, succeed in the male and the female camp <laughs> because it's not a competition. Because the feminine shift also is about us in collaboration and in, in circle as humanity, where we are all actually standing shoulder to shoulder to do what needs to be done to actually caretake our planet, yeah? So the patriarchy is a competitive model, but it's only competitive because the hunters of our society needed to go out and get there. You know, they needed to go out and get the meal for the tribe. So, so somehow that competitiveness has filtered down into the structures. The most beautiful part of the heroine's journey is that moment when we've been so stripped away of ego through the chaos of the underworld, where we've been through our liminal space of transition, the perimenopause has burnt all of our um, conceptions of um, being a, a, a youthful maiden away, um, our bodies have, you know, um, softened and everything's changed and we have grieved the loss of the old life. And then we come back to what they say is just return to ordinary life with this amazing gift, this gift of wisdom that we forged in that, you know, that dark place. And that is something that this gift is like any woman who's listening to this, who is struggling right now, she's suffering um, with this um, feeling of, of despair around will she ever come back will she ever find her mojo i'm just i really just want to say this message to you right now that on the other side of this part of the heroine's journey you will return to ordinary life with an extraordinary insight about life that you must 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 then pass on to your daughters your nieces your whatever women folk who are in your world, um, you have something valuable to say. So please say it. <laughs> 
and please know that it's valuable and that your experience matters and your story matters because I also believe that storytelling has been one of the things that's been subjugated by science. Mm. So our storytelling reinserts the subjective back into a very objective and objectified space, yeah? And we as women are not objects. So we must re-embrace our subjective in this return to ordinary life and know that our stories matter. So I've got a couple of things after that. So number one, sharing our story, sharing our wisdom with the younger women behind us what happens when they don't want to listen because they think they know it all? Yeah, they do. <laughs> and, and society, well, doesn't worship, but respects the youth yes. more than older. Mm. So, so a lot of women are probably feeling like, well, if I go and say anything, no one's going to listen anyway. So why do I bother? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that one just might be me projecting because I'm no, no, I hear it all the time. I hear it from our clients who are, you know, who are experiencing this fear of speaking up and speaking out. And it's a very real thing. We have got a, a media driven society that values the voices of the youth. And what I would say to a woman who is experiencing that sense of um, questioning her, her value and her, the value of her actually speaking up in the space is to understand that your voice actually comes from a place that is not um, mentally constructed. So the more we think about what we're going to say and construct a, a rational left brain approach to this, yeah. the more we're going to find ourselves clamming up and, our, our, you know, and our, our, it's going yeah. to get stuck in our throats, yeah? Where the wisdom actually comes from is deeper in our bodies as women. It comes from the womb space, the, the second chakra um, area of the body, which is just between the navel and the pubic bone in the, in the center line of the body. Um, that particular energy center in all of us is a place that a lot of women have abandoned. So when people think about speaking up and when women think, especially women think about speaking up, they, they often think about speaking from the heart or speaking from the throat, constructing a, a rational argument, um, debating this. Um, it's a very logical expression or experience. But what I'm really, really um, encouraging for any woman who wants to find her voice is some kind of embodiment practice where you actually drop into your pelvis every single day. Now, for some women, that might just be a deep breathing practice into the womb. For a lot of us, it's a, a regular yoga practice. Um, for some women, it's basically um, going into a, a dance class or a belly dancing class or something. But the thing that science did and the part of our conditioning is that it has separated us spiritually from in completely inhabiting our bodies and feeling safe in our bodies. Because when we were objectified by the media, it doesn't feel safe in a, in a female body. So as we get older, the more we can embody our, our, our physical self, the more we find that our voice rises naturally and bypasses the, the, the small talk, the small me, the ego, mm -hmm. the, the, the obstructions. Because guess what? We have all been there, right? Where we have actually, it's risen from our belly. It's come out. We've said it. It has landed in a group of many and people have heard it. And it doesn't matter what age you are when it comes from that part of us. Um, it's what Mahatma Gandhi actually calls Satyagraha, which is soul truth. It's come from such a truthful place in the soul that it does not matter how old you are. It, it transcends anything um, that we can understand rationally and um, practice it because the more we find ourselves bypassing the rational faculties that would normally mm -hmm. shut it down, the stronger it gets and the more outspoken we become. 
yeah and we know those outspoken women don't we we see (laughs) them and we go oh my god you are a role model look at you jane fonda she's 80 she's been arrested like three times (laughs) she's a legend (laughs) her and lily tomlin get together they're so funny they're wonderful role models aren't they they? totally yes and i think you know what you're talking about is reconnecting to this the womb space Mm. it's so important because women of our generation and it is probably still happening we basically disconnected and we probably Mm. disconnected at a very very early age when we very first got our you know our periods and i know i was brought up in a i I went to a catholic school yeah me too me too it's like you know it's just like that was just a complete taboo subject and yep. women and women's sexuality. It's just like, I could, I can still remember. Yeah. I think I was in, I think it was about 15. And yes. the priest came in and he's the biggest letters across the board. He wrote the word fornication. Oh, you'll remember this. Wow. You will not do this. <gasps> wow. And then he went on and on and on. And so to have that kind of yeah. thrown at you, Correct. A, a female, because it was Correct. school, and that kind of came out as like, well, it's my fault. It's Correct, my fault. yeah. And yes. so women have disconnected, and then we have women who have had issues with their, their, their cycles and their periods. They take the pill, which basically cuts off their connection to their cycle because it yes. regulates that something. It doesn't really regulate what they think it regulates. Yes. And then we have, you know, solutions for certain issues is a hysterectomy and so yes. when you go rip out the, the the womb space and oh we'll leave your ovaries but we're just going to take the uterus out and so is it any wonder as women we have no connection to that space because yeah we it, and even those women who are going through a tough time with menopause then it's it's almost like well it's your fault womb it's, it's medicalized yes yeah, it's all yeah and then, you know, and then yes. when you say to someone, we'll connect back to your womb space and they yeah. go, I mean, a lot of women don't even know that word. Yeah, yeah, They that's don't even true. know the word. You yes. say, you know, where's your womb? And they go, mm. I have no idea. But mm. if you said uterus because it's a medical term, they yes. go, okay, that's in there somewhere. It's in mm. my stomach somewhere. Mm. And it's like there's, we are, all of us, mm. we are so disconnected. It's mm. almost like it's a dirty word. Yep. Say it yep. in public. So how then do women start to speak from a place which is really, it, it's a dirty word to speak about. We don't talk about that because that's a sex organ. Correct. Yes. Not, but, you know, like how do, yes. we, how do we start connecting to it? Is it just simply placing mm-hmm. our hand on our belly and just going, thank you, you know, and... Yes, I, I feel like a, a bridging practice that some women um, find really safe, you know, because again, it is dangerous. Um, and I was like you, Angela, I was raised with Catholic grandparents and sensuality of any sort was seen as sinful. So it's taken me and also I was deeply intellectualized as a university, mm. you know, um, trained um, woman. So for me, the, 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 the journey into the body was a dangerous and long and arduous one as well (laughs) and um, I'm still you know I'm still in that journey of 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 actually feeling safe in my body so um, one practice that I think is really important for a lot of women is actually just a practice of stillness-based meditation where we start to understand that we're the observer behind the breath and the observer behind the actual um, fluctuations of the mind because it's that witnessing non-judgmental observer space in us that actually can um, in fact um, uh, supersede the, the sometimes it can supersede the power of the conditioning and the ego and I'm sure every woman knows this too, that no matter how um, programmed or submissive you were taught to be as a good Catholic girl, as I was, there's always going to be a, um, a, a natural instinct in you 
that can basically overcome the, the those conditionings that we you, you've just spoken about but that natural instinct is something that only um, is strengthened when we're brave enough to sit in the stillness of our own um, body and our own and our own um, uh, presence yeah. yeah the problem with the world is that we're so bombarded with information and external stimuli that the practice of us actually having an internal focus which is what a feminine shift is so um, a, a masculine shift is a shift to an external focus where we're looking at all of our material mm -hmm. and circumstantial realities around us and an internal focus is where we actually get present with our body and we learn to sit with our body in stillness and that's when our body can start speaking to us I feel this is my theory my belief my practice yeah that when we have a practice of stillness even if it's only five minutes a day of um, listening and feeling our breath in our belly and being with ourselves. My belief is that what happens is some of the somatic trauma that we're carrying in our body will sometimes rise to the surface where we'll have to actually bring it into the light of our awareness, face it, process it, and then, you know, um, hopefully heal it in some way. But if we're, if we're sitting with trauma in our bodies and we're sitting with disconnection and we're sitting with somatic memories that are, are embedded in our pelvic muscles a lot of the time then those that trauma will keep us very quiet because there's a shame there's a secret or silent shame around something that we're not comfortable sitting with in ourselves yeah but the more practice we have sitting in stillness the more we actually start to feel comfortable with even the shameful stories that we might carry and then I feel that when we start unpacking shame, we're really getting somewhere mm. because we're really then able to say, I don't care if you know that I've had severe anxiety and depression in my life. I don't care if you know that you know, I've been through the legal system with my divorce. I don't care if you know these things about me because I've actually processed those things. Mm. I've um, dealt with my trauma. I've sat with my, my darkness enough. I've healed it. And I'm also now comfortable to actually be that spokesperson for other women. And I don't know, does that make sense? Oh, totally. It totally makes sense. And I, um, one of the, the key things and it's come, you, you've spoken about it a few times. It's like mm. going into the darkness mm. and I think we as a society don't want to be in the darkness. Mm, We're all mm, about let's be in the light. Mm, but the healing comes in the darkness. Mm, mm. In the darkness, and I think um, the, the term the dark night of the soul. Yes. Like if we don't, if we don't have the pain. So yes. we live in a society that wants to be pain free. You know, it's so very got a pain. Past, yes. Take yeah, take a tablet. Yes. But the pain is the healing. Our yes. body is in pain yes. when it's out of balance. Our body yes. is in pain when it's trying to give us a message. Yes. But if we keep putting a pill on it, the pain just gets bigger and bigger until yes. it becomes something that, you know, becomes, you know, is hard to control. Yes. It turns into cancer. It turns into Correct. heart disease. It turns into these, yes. you know, life-threatening diseases. Yes. Because we've ignored the pain. But if yes. we just want to sit in the pain... For yes. a short amount of time. Yes. Because we all know that if we've ever been in pain, yeah. at the other end, yeah. we're out of pain. Yeah. Pain never lasts forever, no matter yeah. what it is. Yeah. It never lasts forever. Mm. The same mm. as happiness never, you know, nothing lasts mm. forever. There's always change. Mm. We are, I mean, it's, change is the nature of who we are. Correct, yes. But we're afraid of being in pain. We yes. want everything to be rosy. Yes, yes, yes. And you've, you've spoken about this a, a couple of times, you know, yes. going into the darkness, going into the underworld. And I mm. know that when I've done a little bit of shamanic training, I was mm. even afraid to go into the underworld because mm. in winter is when we go into the, the underworld. Yeah. And I was kind of going, oh, because as my teacher was teaching me about what happens in the underworld, I'm going, oh, my God, that's really violent. And yes. I don't want to go in there. Yes. There's a fear around it because it's like, yep. well, will I make it back out again? But yep. then if I step into you know, because, you know, if we take our goddess with us, if we become our goddess, our goddess will actually take us through that and then bring us back out because yes. that's the cycle of life. 
Yes. We go into the underworld and we come back in. Come back, right. And we come back into life and that's yes. the cycle of life. Yes. But, yeah, it's it's really scary when mm. you think, oh, I'm, I'm deliberately going to take myself there or I'm going to put myself in a place where yes. it could be painful at yes. any level. Yes. And that cycle comes the next step. The next step. And with that, we're cycling back to that earlier conversation where we were um, saying how uncomfortable people are with the uncertainty of that. And so I truly believe like we spend a whole life sometimes running from the void of mm. uncertainty, running from the mystery. Yeah. And so, because it, well, we've been conditioned to by the patriarchy, but it's also perhaps part of humanity's evolution to start to slowly bring us back to an understanding that actually the, the, the idea of us being in that mystery and, you know, is the healing journey, like you, you, you've just said, and that we, yeah, if we, don't do that if we do distract ourselves with sex and alcohol and shopping and all the external things that the world um, throws at us then we that pain that you speak of will actually move from being a metaphysical pain to a physical manifestation in our bodies so we know how terrifying it is it can be to sit with our own soul because again, um, my belief about that is that we, we're scared. The ego is terrified of not no longer being relevant to the conversation. The ego is terrified of being annihilated so that we can have a full self-realization of who we truly are, which is infinite. So the ego gives us a, a false um, um, impression that if we do sit in the stillness of our own soul will be somehow annihilated the void will be so frightening it will swallow us whole or the dark night of the soul will be so frightening it will swallow us whole and that in itself is a cause for celebration because it's a time when the egoic structures themselves are actually being dissolved so we're we're, we're starting to transcend our conditioning and we're starting to have what is a transfiguration of our, you know, of our journey and how exciting it is to be liberated from conditioning because, you know, we all know how terrifying um, the, the concept might be of, of being the, the old lady with the cats and the yes. herbal potions. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the image of the crone. Like Correct. That image of the crone yes. is the old shriveled yes. up woman with the big nose. <laughs> Fairy tales have got a lot to answer for. To answer for, haven't they just? (laughs) Haven't they? Yes. And yet we we do have the the, the white witches of the world. We do have the the women out there who their their medicine looks different now in the modern world. The the modern woman or the modern crone's medicine is... um, it's different to that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sacred activism, like Jane Fonda's sacred activism. I mean, that's a perfect example of, of a woman's medicine. Um, it, it, it defies those stereotypes. Yeah. And, and my understanding was that a whole idea of the crone being a frightening um, concept was also um, a violence that was perpetrated by the Catholic Church to put the fear of women into the conversation because mm-hmm. the religious structure of the Catholic Church was about keeping women as property and keeping them as object in in the marriage in the structure of marriage. So the the, the idea of the witch needed to be portrayed as a very very terrifying yes. and negative thing for that reason. And if we can unpack that, boy, will we go a long way to towards actually restoring the, 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 the crone as the, the bearer of, um, of our future yeah. um, salvation, really. The Catholic Church has got a lot to um, answer for because I, um, I haven't read the book about Mary Magdalene yet, but I understand, mm. I mean, she was made out to be a prostitute in the Bible, mm. but I understand she was actually one of Jesus' priests, one of uh-huh. her, her, his leading disciples. Amazing. Like it, they were on yeah. an equal level, yet when yeah. the Catholic yeah. Church rewrote history, yeah. Um, yeah. they turned her into a prostitute. Amazing, isn't and, it? Yeah. You know, he was he was above her and it's like and, and I because I've 
apparently the book is really good and I've got it on my list to buy. I've got it on my bedside table. I can see it. (laughs) (laughs) I've read a little bit and it's fascinating, but it's dense and it needs a really careful eye because, um, yeah, I think the, I think her research is very, very, very deep. And, um, it's one of those books that you, you want to really, um, you want to be in, in a, in a very, um, attentive space right. to actually process but the it's gravity not a, of it's it. It's not a book to be reading when people like by the pool when people are kind of. It's not, a, it's not holiday reading. No, <laughs> okay. I remember that. <laughs> but boy, is it awesome! And I think the more women can start doing this, is where I think us as modern women have such an amazing, amazing opportunity too. Because I'm seeing this in the yoga world. I still teach yeah. a lot of embodiment practices in the yoga world, and I think it's so exciting because women are putting the conversation around well actually all these yoga practices were built for men's bodies but um, modern women can test the ancient knowledge and then they can bring a discourse that is literate and informed and educated to the space whereas when the texts were being developed there was no such thing as female literacy Mm. in India and 20,000 years ago so we haven't even had our voices placed in to the context of these amazing teachings so oh my god we have so many stories to tell us women okay so speaking of stories i did want you to share the story of the wise woman's stone before we finish up so <laughs> sure. can you share that story yes. yeah yeah so i hope i remember it i remember i i had to read it when i did my uh, silver sirens talk so paraphrase, the brief paraphrase yeah <laughs> yes. so there was a traveler and he was a man walking in the hills and he was really really weary and he um he came across a wise woman and i believe she offered him a stone and it was such a precious stone that it would set this man up for life and it would also set his family up for life. And he was absolutely shocked that she would be so generous. And I think she also fed and, and, and made sure he had water. So um, he, he then um, he took the stone away with him, I think, for a night and then came back to the woman and he said to her, I... Um, yeah I I don't want the stone I want what is behind you being so able to give that stone away so readily to a stranger and to me it's such a powerful story of where we can find some key healing for ourselves because once again when when we focus our value on the material on the physical um, reality of the concrete and the tangible structures that the patriarchy values, then as women, we start to diminish the value of the intangible. So the intangible value we have, have as women is our emotionality, our subjectivity, our capacity for spiritual connection. These are intangible qualities, but they're not given the value that they, they deserve. Mm. And that woman being able to give away the stone to me was a symbol of women understanding that the material means absolutely nothing in the face of the value of their powers. So if you are a woman out there right now who is judging yourself on your material worth, your you're fighting a losing battle anyway because women are 60% disadvantaged to men in our economic structures as they stand. So let's not even go there. <laughs> but <laughs> let's just understand right now how valuable your subjectivity, your intuition and your spiritual awakening is in this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think this is really, really apt in this um these days now of you know spirituality new age and everything is when everybody's putting their power into crystals oracle cards and all of that it's like mm-hmm. yes it's okay to use them as a tool but the yes. power is not in the crystal yes the yes, power yes. is within you yes and the crystal is just the tool that you use right and people right. kind of running around going well i've got this crystal and i you know I'm, I'm protected and yes but even without the crystal yes you are protected if you believe you are protected it's like i love that, that protection yeah. is within you within yes and i think sometimes um 
I mean, I, I use crystals, I use cards, I use all of that. Yes. But I think sometimes it almost became a money-making machine for sure. different people sure. because they could go out and sell this stuff. And yes. then women bought into the fact, well, if I want to be spiritual, I need a crystal and I need a set yes. of oracle cards. I love, I love that so much. Caroline Miss, she yeah. had a conversation about this recently and the presence of um, corruption in our world, which has filtered into this idea that you're talking about, about the tangible objects being somehow linked to uh, power when really, yeah, again, it's an intangible thing. We can't, it's not, it's, as soon as it becomes um, tangible or material, it's effectively then classified in the in the world of the rational and the masculine so mm. so then that's okay again there's nothing wrong with that it's just we have to be very aware of where that's um yeah our, 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 our attention's going and and again um this idea of us as women having a responsibility to look within ourselves and to understand that a lot of the wisdoms carried in our bodies is um it's um it's it's new where 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 um where we're re, we're re-remembering something yeah. ancient, but we're going to be a bit clumsy with it in these in the in this in my generation because we're the first generation of awakening witches, yes. aren't we? Really, totally. we, we are. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because because the you know the the suppression of it mm. you know, probably happened two generations ago, which is why Correct. we're the ones who are bringing it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's it's really just it is standing up through the wounds of the past, Correct. you know, the witches mm. and all of that, mm. and then actually reblooming and stepping mm. into who we truly are. Mm. 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 And I think we can't underestimate as women our role as actual. When when we were talking before about can we tell the younger women what to do? Well, we all know what we were like. I know what I was like <laughs> as a younger woman. I wouldn't listen at all to the words, but I would look at the life that the woman yeah, it's the leading. model isn't it it's, it's being a role model it's yeah. it's being a role model showing yeah. and yes. even if they don't get it now now yes they will yes. in the future when yes. you know and that's what you know when my 14 year old daughter kind of looks at me and says oh <laughs> mum you're just a weirdo witch <laughs> same but, with my boy same with my yeah, boy so, same. it's the same my son's the same yeah. so mum you are the strangest mother of all of my friends. Oh, that is so funny. My boys say that to me all the time. And yet at the same time, sometimes I catch my 16-year-old um, son's girlfriend. I catch her watching and I know somewhere in her, she in her system, she yeah. will be clocking the example. Yeah. They, they know. They Women do, know. They we yes. know it at a DNA level yeah. and... And that's what I believe. It's like, okay, I'll just, yeah. I'll just do it because yes. somewhere it's going to it's settle. It's going to settle, yes. And in the future, yes, it, she will then come out, and it yes. will, you know, it, you know, it'll come out in whatever way it is, in yes. the way. It, I mean, she's got to learn. Every everyone's yes. got their journey to go on anyway. Yeah, uh, and yeah, this is a, you know, in, yes. we look at time. This is a relatively recent journey for me because I yes. spent you know, many years in corporate and. Yep. striving to be the best and you know yep. making lots of money and all that i've done yep. all that it's only yep. you know the last five or ten so years it's like okay yep. i'm not too sure that that's the way it is <laughs> and it's and i think this time of life is a time of re, for many many women mm. is a time of rediscovering and it mm. just it's it's almost like this is where the space is because yes. before that we were so busy being mothers you're doing what we were doing, then all of yes. a sudden as our children grow, yes. we no longer need to do because we're not dying at the same time as they were in the past. We've yeah. got a lot of years to go. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we've got the space to go, well, who am I? Yeah. What is yeah. important? And to actually really connect into those, you know, DNA programs mm. that says sitting in circle is great for you. Being yes. with other women is great yes. for you. Speaking yes. your voice is great for you. Yes. And then it's kind of, and that's like what the, what Jane Fonda does. Lee Tolman, they go like, I don't really give a damn what the rest of the world yep. says. Yeah. This is who I am and I'm yes. going to turn up. And <laughs> if you don't like it, that's your problem. Yes. But, you know, yes. And I think yes. we have now have the space to do that because yes. we are living longer. True. So that's so true. That space. Yep. And, yep. and I think we're lucky we've got the space. And we are so lucky. Being, you know, yep. Really kind of going, I hate this time of life. I hate what my body's doing. 
Yeah. We should be so, so grateful because yes. go back two generations and you would be you would be dead or yes. close to it. Correct. And even even our even our modern technology supporting conversations like this one is mm -hmm. a gift for women at home who might be even a younger woman right now who might be nursing her babies and feeling isolated. I, my hope is that technology is a, a, can be a very useful, supportive mm -hmm. tool. I know there's so much research and bad press about technology's influences in a negative way, but I believe this is part of our evolutionary process to embrace the connection that we can have with our sisters across the globe to be able to have conversations like these and to broadcast them widely and to understand that even if you just reach one woman the ripple effect of her awakening is going to affect the whole field of consciousness yeah. because every one of us is part of that field so even just one person awakening a little to the field of consciousness will affect a huge um um create that 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 leadership yeah. through um the, the the jungle of you know the new world which we haven't yet navigated let's hope we're paving the way angela <laughs> yes <laughs> Now, I could I could talk to you forever, but we both have other things we need to get on with. Yes. So before we finish, um, I'll just let our um, uh, audience know that you do have a free video um, e-course, which is Five Steps to a Feminine Shift, which people can get at www.lisafitzpatrick.com.au and I will Correct. put everything on the show notes so that people Thank can you. link through that. Um, now, just before we go, what from one wise woman to another wise woman what is your message that you want to share what what is your one piece of wisdom that you want to share with everything we've spoken about yes um, that your life matters, uh, that you are a critical piece of the puzzle of the fabric of life and that no matter where you are right now or, or what you're doing or who you are right now, um, your life is a, an incredibly valuable gift and um, without you, we wouldn't have the beautiful tapestry that we have um, and, and the potential that we have in front of us right now. So please know your life matters. Thank you so much. It's a, that's a beautiful note to finish on. Um, I will put all of your links and everything in the show notes. Everyone will be able to find you. But I really want to thank you for your time today, Lisa. It's been a, this has been a gift to actually have a conversation like this because women are not having these conversations anymore. Enough. And I really want to bring yep. this back again. Me too. And I want to yep. thank you for the work that you do do. That you know what you do in your work with the clients you work with. I know you do a myriad of different things. So I want to thank you for you showing up as you and helping so many different women. So thank you very much. Thank you thank for you this for incredible opportunity to connect. I'm so glad you reached out. It's been so juicy and I feel so inspired by you, Angela. So thank you too. Please keep doing this amazing work that you're doing. I will be. So yes. thank you to Lisa and thank you to our audience today. And I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you really got into this conversation. It might take a couple of listens, this one, yeah. because we went deep. Yeah. But Thank you for joining us and I'll be back next week with another Wise Woman Conversation. From my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye for now. Thank you. Wow, it's Angela here. What did you think of that conversation? That was a big one and it was a deep one, wasn't it? Um, hopefully, as I was recording that conversation, I spent most of the time in goosebumps. This was, it's, it's really, I love it when I'm, get to speak with women and we're on the same level. I, I really enjoyed speaking to, to Lisa because we just really clicked. I, I got what she was saying and I hope you did too. You know, for some people, sometimes um, these type of conversations are a bit of a stretch from where you are right now, but just know that when you tap in and, you know, we spoke about tapping into the core of who you are so tapping into that womb space that that is where your wisdom lies and if you can tap there whatever it is that you're going through right now your inner wisdom will guide you through and this is a conversation I often have with women when they come to me and they want me to work with them and you know they come to me obviously looking for solutions and I understand that and I'm here to guide women to 
finding the solutions themselves. Yes, I've got, obviously, I've spent 17 years as a naturopath. I've got the knowledge. I can share with you the knowledge of what herbs to take, how to, you know, the type of foods to eat, all of that. That is knowledge. It is not inner wisdom. And when you have the knowledge, then you tap into your inner wisdom. You can take that information and you can grow. You can blossom. You can live the life that, that you want to live. And it's, it is really the message that I have for you. And I know it's also the message that Lisa has is that it's trusting yourself, trusting that intuition, trusting that knowledge, wherever that knowledge comes from. The answer is not outside of you. You can go outside to get guidance. You can get go outside to get help. But don't ever stop listening to that inner voice. And if you haven't heard that inner voice yet, apart from the voice that criticizes you and tells you you're not good enough, if you haven't heard the inner voice of wisdom yet, I invite you just to spend some time, if you can, in nature and in silence. And just wait and see what happens. It does take time. It doesn't often happen straight away. But the more time you can sit in silence, the more time you can sit tapping into your inner wisdom and just waiting for it to come, it will come. I often use journeying, so I use um, drum meditations and take women on journeys using the drum and that can sometimes facilitate an easier journey. But if you want to find out more about what Lisa does, please make sure you connect to her website, which is www.lisa.fitzpatrick.com.au And if you pop over to her website, you'll get a free video e-course, which is five steps to a feminine shift. And she will talk to you about tapping into that inner wisdom. So if you're not sure how to do it, maybe just listen to her, um, her video e-course and you'll get the first steps. Or if you want, feel free to um, drop me a note, Angela at AngelaCouncil.com and I'll have a chat to you about how I can guide you and I can help you to really reconnect back to who you are. So that's it from me, from my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude, and I'll be back next week with another Wise Women's Conversation. Bye for now.